Gridbox Media Programming is brought to you by. Do you wish you knew the saints better? Overwhelmed with all the events in Catholic history and just wish you could tie it all together? It's tough work, and even scientists have determined that it takes approximately 400 repetitions to create a new synapse in the brain. Unless it is done with play, in which case it takes between 10 and 20 repetitions. Introducing Saint Cards, where the facts about saints and history are presented in fun and engaging games for ages 4 to 104. Check out Saint Cards at saintcards.com and begin the fun for your family, school, and parish today. Introducing the redesigned CatholicSingles.com, featuring new ways that put the spotlight on the person and their faith, not just a profile picture. For the past 20 years, faithful Catholics have used CatholicSingles.com, and the reimagined CatholicSingles.com website is ready to help single Catholics take the next step in sharing meaningful relationships with other faithful Catholics. Remember, CatholicSingles.com, for faith, fellowship, and love. What are you doing this Lent? The St. Paul Center is streaming their newest video Bible study for free starting Ash Wednesday. Based on Scott Hahn's renowned covenantal theology, this is a study no one should miss. Invite your friends, Catholic or not. Don't miss your chance to see this premium study for free. Go to stpaulcenter.com to sign up today. Redbox Media. This is Setting the Record Straight with Chuck Coughlin. Perhaps last week you heard my podcast in which I read from the Philokalia, the writings and sayings of the early Catholic monks in the area around Constantinople and beyond. Starting in the 3rd and 4th centuries and continuing for centuries after that. They compiled wonderful readings called Philokalia. Philokalia means love of beauty, goodness, or love of goodness, beauty. Love of the good, the beautiful, or love of the beautiful, the good. Today in the Eastern Orthodox churches, only the Bible outranks the Philokalia and the importance it is held and used by Catholics. It's very internal. It doesn't concentrate on works as much as we're used to in the Latin rite. It concentrates very much on inner attitudes, on humility. So to have more Lenten reflections, I'm going to do Philokalia next week, but I want to return to the Desert Fathers in the area around Egypt in a period even earlier than that, a few centuries earlier, just after Christ, beginning just after Christ. Their sayings and writings, some were transmitted orally before they were written down. Some were written down immediately. And they expressed the perfect Catholic Christian Christ-following ethos of humility, discretion, the pursuit of virtue. So this week I invite you to reflect on some passages from the Desert Fathers and Mothers again. It's hard to think of a better way of doing that than returning again 
to the saying of the desert fathers and the desert mothers. So we'll do that for a few minutes in my hope that it offers you pregnant possibilities for deep reflection. In their radical commitment to simplicity and asceticism, they present a direct challenge to the comfortable Christianity that is so prevalent in our culture today. It is this very challenge that makes the sayings of the Desert Fathers such important reading in this dismembering age. The radical commitment of these people to Christ led them to practice ascetic disciplines. Yet the sayings and stories, the wisdom within them, have been invaluable to Christians East and West for 1,500 years. You could write all this off as only meant for the monastic life. But people from all walks of life have consulted them and been refreshed by these great examples and insights in the practice of the disciplines of simplicity, secrecy, and solitude. I wonder if you've thought about these questions. How can we recover the sense of the great value of words and thus the importance of using them sparingly and with great thought? How can we broadcast our sinfulness and hide our righteousness and obedience? They used to say of Abba Agathon, that on hearing of his great discretion, some people went to him, wanting to test him to see whether he would become angry. They said to him, Are you Agathon? We hear that you're given to arrogance. And he said, Yes, that's so. They also said to him, Are you Agathon the tattler and Agathon the slanderer? And he said, I am. Then again they said to him, are you a Gathon the heretic? And he replied, I am not a heretic. And they begged him, saying, Tell us why you accepted when we said so many things to you, but you did not tolerate this description. He said to them, I charge myself with the first faults, because it is good for my soul. But to hear myself called a heretic, that is separation from God, and I do not wish to be separated from my God. On hearing this, they were amazed at his discretion and went their way enlightened. In this next one, they use a word, ascesis. It means the ascetic lifestyle withdrawn from sensual pleasure. Abba Isidore said, If you're practicing ascesis according to the rule, do not be conceited when you fast. If you become arrogant on this account, what is the need of fasting? It is better for a person to eat meat than to become puffed up and boastful. He also said, Those under instruction must love those who are their instructors, like fathers, and fear them like rulers. Neither diminishing fear through love, nor reducing love through fear. If you really long for salvation, practice all the things that lead you to it. A brother asked Abba Makarius, How might I be saved? The elder replied, Be as though dead, and pay no attention like the dead to the scorn or the admiration of people, and you will be saved. Abba Makarius went on saying, If we keep in remembrance the bad things said to us by people, 
we are suppressing the power of the remembrance of God. But if we keep the bad things in remembrance as though they were said to us by demons, we will be unharmed. Abba Matos said, Satan does not know by which passion the soul is worsted. He sows, but he knows not whether he will reap some people with slander, and likewise the rest of the passions. And to whatever passion he notices a soul to be inclined, he gets in there. I want to comment that there's a word that pops up frequently in these readings. It's logismos. And it means the power of reasoning, like mathematical reasoning, simple, straightforward reasoning. It's used in this next saying. Abba Pullman said, I prefer a person who has sinned, acknowledged his sin, and repents to one who has not sinned and is not humbled. For the first considered himself as one who has sinned and is humbled in his logismos while the second considers himself to be righteous, which he is, and puffed up. This next one is interesting on the subject of fasting and how they practiced it. Abba Joseph also asked, how ought one to fast? And Abba Pullman said, I would like the person who eats every day to stop a little short of eating his fill. Abba Joseph said to him, did you not fast every second day when you were young? In fact, for three days in a whole week, the elders said. But the elders, being capable themselves, tested all these things and concluded that it was good to eat each day, but in small quantity. And they handed this way down to us because it is royal and light. Amaponman said, Do not live in a place where you see someone who is jealous of you. Otherwise, you will make no progress. A brother asked Abba Pomnan, What does to be angry with his brother without a cause mean? That's from Matthew 5. What does to be angry with his brother without a cause mean? The elder said, All the arrogance with which your brother treats you, even to the point where he tears out your right eye, and you getting angry with him, that is, being angry with him without a cause. But if someone wants to separate you from God, be angry with him. Abba Ponman also said, If we pursue repose, the grace of God flees from us. But if we flee from repose, grace pursues us. Abba Macarius, once upon a time, was coming from the marsh to his cell. He was carrying reeds. On the way, the devil met him, carrying a scythe. The devil wanted to strike him, but he could not. The devil said, there's a great force coming from you, Macarius, for I can't get at you. Look, whatever you do, I do it too. You fast, I do not eat at all. You keep watch. I don't even sleep. There's only one thing in which you have the better of me. Abba Makadis looked at him and said, And what is that? Only your humility. And because of that, I cannot get at you. Abba Moses, on a similar vein, said, He who has humility humbles the demons. He who does not have humility is mocked by them. 
humble not only your speech but also your mind. It is impossible to succeed in godly works without humble-mindedness. They used to say of Abba Moses that when he became a cleric and they put the stole on him, the archbishop said to him, Look, you've become all white, Abba Moses. The elder said to him, Maybe outside, Lord Pope. But what about inside? The bishop wanted to put him to the test. So he said to the clergy, When Abba Moses comes into the sanctuary, chase him away and follow him to hear what he says. The elder came in. They denounced him and chased him off, saying, Get out, you burnt-faced one. Out he went, all the while saying to himself, They treated you rightly, ash-skinned black man, since you're not human. Why do you go among humans? I have been cautioned to be careful in approaching these sayings of the Desert Fathers without a wise elder as a guide. I've stayed away from some of the more difficult to understand. But I believe I understand this one. It's about an Egyptian monk and how he avoided a condition of glory and praise from a high noble. As a matter of fact, he fled from it because he was afraid it would disturb his humility. This is how the story goes. The monk was living in the suburb of Constantinople in the reign of the Emperor Theodosius the Younger. Passing along that road, the emperor abandoned everybody. It came alone, knocking at the door of the monk. The monk went to the door. He opened the door and recognized who it was, but received him as though he were an imperial officer. When he came in, they offered a prayer and sat down, and the emperor began to examine him about how it was with the fathers in Egypt. He was told, they're all praying for your empire. Then the monk said, do have something to eat. He moistened some dry bread for him, adding a little oil and salt, and he ate. He gave him some water, and he drank it. Do you know who I am? The emperor said to him, but the monk said, God knows who you are. I am Theodosius, the emperor, he said to him. And the elder immediately prostrated himself before him. Then the emperor said to him, Blessed are you who do not have to worry about your lives. In truth, I was born in the palace, but never had the enjoyment the way I did from this bread and water today. I have eaten with great delight. From then on, the emperor began to revere him. But the elder got up and fled. He went back to Egypt again. The elders used to say, when we are not under attack, that is when we should be especially humble ourselves. For aware of our weakness, God is protecting us. But if we boast about it, he will remove his protection. Then we are lost. There was someone who went out in the desert hunting wild beasts. And he saw Abba Anthony enjoying himself with his brothers. He was offended, so the elder wanted to convince him that the brothers needed to relax from time to time. He said to him, put an arrow to your bow and draw it. He did so. He said to him again, draw, and he drew. Again, he said, draw. The hunter said to him, if I draw too much, my bow will break. 
Abba Anthony said to him, So it is too with the work of God. If we draw on the brothers beyond measure, they will soon collapse. So they must relax from time to time. When he heard that, the hunter was conscience-stricken and went his way greatly benefited by the elder. The brothers went back to their place reinforced. Another story relating to humility is this one. The devil appeared to a brother in the disguise of an angel of light, saying to him, I'm the archangel Gabriel, and I was sent to you. Make sure you are not sent to someone else, the brother said to him, for I'm not worthy to see an angel. And the demon immediately vanished. And lastly, on the subject of humility, one of the fathers said, if you acquire silence, do not consider that you have achieved virtue. But say this, I'm not worthy to speak. May your Lent have enough quiet, enough peace, and time space in between words and thoughts. For these ancient messages from the desert fathers and mothers to take root in your heart. It's all part of the glorious fertility and fecundity planted 2,000 years ago that has flowered into this gorgeous world of Catholic doom. and finds its expression now in breadboxmedia.com and my morsel-sized part of it setting the record straight. Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at caneford.com. CMF Curo is the country's first Catholic healthcare ministry to provide an affordable health sharing solution rooted in Catholic teaching and community. Learn more at mycatholichealthcare.com slash podcast. That's mycatholichealthcare.com slash podcast.